corners of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. The one and only Jade Warshaw Ramsey personality is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. The call is free at 888-825-5225, and some say it's worth exactly what you pay for it. All right, let's go to Michael in Topeka, Kansas to kick off this hour. Hey, Michael, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? Hey, so I've uh, I appreciate all the insight you've given me over the years. You've you've really helped me in my in my personal life and just to make you know more sound decisions. So thank you, thank you for that. Well, thank you. Hey, so I I had some friends who they reached out to me last year and they said, hey, we've got this business and you know we've we're we're kind of struggling. We bought it and it it didn't really have the sales that we thought it would and they were always trying to get me to go and, and sell for them. And I was saying, Hey, you know, I've got a full-time gig. It's not something that I could really fully commit to, you know, I, you know, if you could, you know, send me your last year's P and I'll, I'll try to see what I can do, but it, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't look too good. I mean, in their first year, they, I think they netted only, you know, $10,000 and that was after paying some employees. So it wasn't doing very good. And I, you know, these were good friends of mine and, you know, they'd helped me out when I was in kind of a bind one time. So I said, Hey, you know, let me, let me see what I can do towards the end of this year. And I'll make some cold calls around the area and see what I can do to help generate some sales. Well, now they're starting to, they're starting to, you know, net roughly, you know, anywhere from six to $8,000 in a month. So they're, they're doing a lot better now. And they're still asking me like, Hey man, we'd really like to see if you could, you could come in and, and do this full time for us. And, you know, I just don't really even know how to, how to structure a deal. You know, it's, it's a couple guys and another individual and one of the individuals wants to get out and, you know, they've got $110,000 in debt. So, you know, I, I'm saying, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to invest in this or absorb any debt, but you know, I could do some sales. You can't really work sure as a contractor. You can't just work as a, as contracted labor for them. Well, and that's, that's kind of what I propose, but you know, that's something I've never done. You know, I've, Again, I have, I have a full-time gig, and it was something where I didn't really invest that much time. I mean, I made like three or four phone calls and was able to generate some some sales in a very short period of time. Really just did this, you know, kind of what do you What do you make, Michael, now? Currently? Yeah. Um, roughly, you know, 100, 150, mm-hmm. 160. And you, and you sell now for a living? Yes, I do. You, you don't like the company you work for? I do. I, you know, I, I, they've treated me very well and, and I like them. And I, I think, I, it, I think know, it was very kind of you to help your friends. Um, there's a fur difference in, um, throwing them a lifeline and getting in the boat with them. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to stay out of this boat. It sounds like it's sinking. Is that what you're, yeah, okay. You, you right. got one guy wanting to get out. They didn't know how to turn a profit till they got you to make sales. And now they want you to come in there and make sales and be an owner with them. Um, there's just, uh, there's more can go wrong with this whole scenario. This isn't like two guys that were successful and said, come join us. These are two guys that couldn't do it and said, come join us. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that, you know, it's not a, I mean, if they weren't your friends, you would be laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And that's, and that's been kind of the, the challenges, you know, I'm trying to explain to them, you know, say, hey, here's, here's the sales product. They're not really sales guys. You know, they're, yeah. 
they own another side business. It was just if you want to keep helping them, you know, and keep your gig and keep helping them to get, you know, until they can get a good salesperson hired, maybe you even help them train that guy and they pay you one-offs for doing that. That's fine. But don't, don't go get in this boat. It's leaking. How would you, how would you, yeah, I appreciate that. Can if I it were, if it were question? me, I would just set up some kind of commission for yeah. every sale that I make, say that this is the percentage I want and you're just structured, you know, on 1099 and, and it's just easy, just like that. And for that, I'll make yeah. sales and I'll also help you as your friend, train your first salesperson if you'll get them hired. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not, but I'm not well, coming over there. I appreciate it. I mean, that was the direction I was thinking of yeah. it as well. You know, I've got some really, I've yeah. got, I've got one really good friend who's a banker. Can you imagine if I wanted to, no, I'm not going with him. Right. He's a banker. <laughs> I like him anyway, but he's a banker. You know, no, right. I'm not doing that just because he's my friend. No, I mean, there, there's a difference here. I mean, what are you supposed to do with your life? And, you know, it does not align. You know, the only thing pulling you here is your need to be good to your friends, mm-hmm. which makes you a good guy. But don't don't let that pull you into this boat. Yeah, definitely not in any ownership capacity, as it sounded like they're trying to get you in there. I would just. Yeah. Yes, I'll take a commission for every sale I make. Yeah. And I'd put a I'd probably start with a really short time limit on that too. Hey, let's try this for a couple of months and if it goes well we can extend it. Just be very clear with whatever terms you write. Yeah. Put it in writing. We'll do a part time gig and mm-hmm. I'll go over here as a side hustle and help you guys get this thing up and running until you get somebody hired and then I'll help you train them. I'll I'll bust it for ninety days. During that ninety days you gotta get somebody hired. During the next ninety days I'll train them and then I'm out of here and you guys are gonna sail this boat by yourself love it that's a plan good 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 point jade very good point so good rule of thumb is this and michael's coming at this a little bit differently but in entree leadership we run into this all the time and i'm now the new host of the entree leadership podcast if you haven't heard so it's a small business podcast answering questions so jump in on that but one of the things we tell folks in that world all the time is and i see it with small business i mean and guys well, girls do it too. Uh, gals do it too. But the way I always see it is a couple, about three guys are sitting around having a beer and then they decide they're going to open a something together. Oh, gosh. And this is the, and every one of them are dumber than a rock. <laughs> and the idea is dumber than a rock. But by God, we're going to do it together. And their wives are telling yeah. them, please don't do this. Please don't yeah, do this. <laughs> with, with guys, it's we're going to go in the construction business or we're going to do whatever. Ladies open a dress shop. And these are just guaranteed ways to end up not friends at the end of it to end up losing money at the end of it and we tell people all the time in those situations the only ship that won't sail is a partnership stay out of that one okay that one sinks and so if you if if you really do want to go in business with your friend one of you own it and the other one work for them if you're really going to do it so uh, michael the only way i would even consider moving over there is if you bought this business that's that's losing and horrible for a dollar and the guys that can't run it get to be your new employees. Um, but I wouldn't do that either, by the way, in this case. But um, but that's the only way I'm going to do it. I'm going to be in control of the situation mm-hmm. because there's all these things that we call the D's that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, divorce. Yes. Drug use. Default. Disability. Death. When any of these huh. happen to your partner, you get to work with your partner's spouse after that. mm Yikes. So he gets a two to a boy start something that's successful. They get a divorce. All of a sudden, what you're working with your buddy's ex-wife because she got the business in the divorce. Yeah. This is woo. Yeah. See what I mean? 
Yeah, so that's scary stuff. Bad and, and plan. The contracts are never, it's never in writing very well. Even There's always writing, this gray area. Death will undo it. That's even true. if it's in writing. This is The Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining in amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Our question of the day comes from Ryan in Arkansas. Jade, you want to take it? I'll take it. He says, I'm 45 years old. I'm married with two children under 12 and completely debt-free. I took a new job a year and a half ago making 100K a year, and my wife is a stay-at-home mom. The nature of my job requires me to be on call and close to work, leaving me little choice but to pay a premium rent of 2000 per month. We are currently watching the housing market and still learning the area and are socking money away to buy a home. I have 45000 in the bank doing nothing for me, but I've been hesitant to invest as we would like to have the money available should a home come up that we can buy. I've been told that cash and savings in a savings account is like melting ice. What do I do with it? Hmm. Well, in this situation, you know, when it comes to saving uh, for a house, it's a little bit different than just, you know, any other money that you're putting aside. You know, typically we wouldn't invest uh, the money that you're saving for a house unless, you know, the timeline is you know, five years or more. Although Dave, I've heard you say that a lot of times you'll just pop some money in an index fund and let it sit there and grow if you, you know, know what you might use it for. I particularly don't have the stomach for that. I'd probably put it in an HYSA and just get the best return on it that I possibly could uh, for the time being, because it sounds like you're kind of in that moment where if the right thing comes open, you're ready to jump on it. So yeah, I would keep it out of the market and I would put it in a high yield savings account, maybe put it, you know, I've heard Dave say that he'll put it in a CD, that sort of thing. Yeah. High yield savings account, like you said, it's perfect. Um, it's not melting ice when you are getting ready to use the money and you're getting ready to use this money. And so if you were going to leave it in a stupid savings account for, 10 years then yeah it is melting ice yeah but that's not your description you're in the housing market you're ready to buy and get rid of this premium rent and everything else so yeah you definitely go that route it's you're not doing the wrong thing Mm -hmm. now jade i did have a young guy come in uh all the work i've done over the years with different nfl and and other professional athletes um they just happen to be listening to the show and say hey would you look at my stuff yeah i look at your stuff so Mm -hmm. it's always interesting stories and of course, we've run into all the negative stories where they've uh, burned through all the money. You know, I made a hundred million dollars. I got nothing to show Ugh. for it, or whatever that kind of stuff. I've met those guys, and there's always a lot of shame and stuff on those guys. But in the in the in the light of what Ryan is saying, <laughs> this guy comes in. He's young. I mean, he's like twenty. Oh uh, wow, twenty eight years old, maybe twenty six mm-hmm. years old. He'd been he'd been in the league a few years, but not. You know, he he wasn't an old guy in the league by any stretch, and his sweet little wife and uh they they drive in in a used van wow and they come in and they go like dave you're gonna kill us we've messed up and i'm thinking they're gonna tell me they've blown all their money and he goes 
I, I, you're, you're just going to be so mad at me. And I'm like, I, number one, I'm not going to be mad at you regardless how <laughs> dumb you are. But what did you do? I mean, did you do something dumb? And he goes, yeah, we've got all our money in savings account. And I said, uh, how much money do you have in savings account? Uh, 36 million. Oh, whoa. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I am not going to yell at you. I'm going to hug you because you did everything right. But one tiny thing, you yeah. actually, you're a pro athlete who has money. You know what this is? A unicorn. Oh, I yeah. mean, you're incredible. Way to go. You're amazing. I'm so proud of you. You actually lived on less than you make. You're driving a used car. Wow. You're not trying to impress your posse. You know, you're you're out. You didn't buy your mother a house you couldn't afford to buy. Yeah. Her. All the stupid butt stuff I usually run into. You have thirty six million dollars, and the only thing you did wrong was you didn't invest it. No, you you get a hug. You I don't know. get a yelling. You know. So, wow. but yeah, in his case, he is melting ice for yeah. sure. He does yeah. need to get that money invested. So he was wrong, but not on the <laughs> y- get yelled at wrong side though. The smart side. Way yeah. to go, man! I mean, wow. absolute stud. Absolutely. So proud of him. All right. Keisha is with us in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Keisha. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. How are you doing? Better than we deserve. What's up in your world? Hi. I was calling because I was looking for some advice. I am a retired veteran collecting disability, so I have the arrogance that I have money till till I die. So I I do save money. However, I don't have any IRAs because of what I just mentioned. What is the best way for me to try to put money to save money where I'm benefiting and not losing like the previous caller, the caller today, I have money sitting, not gaining a lot of interest. How much money do you have in savings? Now I have 50,000. Good for you. How old are you? I just turned 50 last year. Okay. Are you working? No, unfortunately, the job market... My transition from the military was extremely difficult, so I'm not working. Okay. So you're getting a substantial disability, you're saying, from the government, right? Yes, and my retirement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live within my means. So sure. my I wasn't questioning only, that. Only, um, no, I'm just saying the so only are, are that you, I have is are you, um, is there? What's the nature of your disability? How extreme? Mental. Mm-hmm. How extreme? Mental health. Yes. So it keeps you from working in a traditional work environment. Is it something that would keep you from working in a non-traditional work environment, maybe working, doing some work from home? I can, it, it keeps me from working from a traditional and I could work from home. Yes. Okay. So like uh, PTSD type symptoms, is that what we're dealing with? Yes. Okay. That's great. Hey, thank you for your service, Keisha. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're I'm sorry you ended up struggling with this as a result of serving your country. Um, so, and I'm glad that we have good retirement and good disability in place to take care of you. That's a good thing. We, the people, should do that. And so this is a good story because you're a good lady. Now, if Thank I you. woke up in your shoes, what would I do? Well, I've never struggled with PTSD. I've never been in a traumatic situation like that that would affect me ongoing. So I can't really get into your shoes honestly, but uh, in general, were I to face some kind of a disability, I would find something I could do in spite of or with 
as a workaround that disability. So in your case, as uh, Jade was saying, a non-traditional thing, maybe some kind of almost self-employed thing where you control the hours, you control the stress level, you control the volume of work that you do. I would want to put my hand to something because I think it's good for our, uh, it's good for us. There's dignity in work. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm not saying you're lazy that you did not hear me say that. But I am no, saying if I were you, I, is what, yeah, what, how do you, it's got to be designed that, do do just for money? Keisha. Yeah, whatever it is, it's got to be designed just for you. And that's why it might be a self-employed thing. It might be that, you you know, you go take some uh, coding classes and learn to code and you simply do contract work from home and you code, do coding where you don't have to deal with humans much. And you just, I don't know what it is. I'm making stuff up right now. But all of that to say, I'd, I'd probably add something to that. Now, having said that you can live on your retirement and your disability, you don't need the 50000 We would label part of the 50000 your emergency fund, and we would begin to invest the rest. One of the good things about creating an income is in order to do Roth IRAs, you have to have an earned income. Retirement and disability are not earned income by the IRS's definition for purposes of a Roth IRA. So if we can get you making mm-hmm. a little bit of money, then you could do a Roth with some of this money. And that's what I would start talking about. Investment in a Roth. Yeah, but you, again, you'd have to create some income that's not retirement okay. or disability. Doesn't have to be much. So in the mean, so in the meanwhile, I save seventy. I have seventy five percent of my income available that I could be saving. Yeah. What's the best thing to do with that money? I would get in touch with one of our smart investor pros and simply start doing some investing in mutual funds. It's just not going to be in a retirement account. And what you're looking for are what's called low turnover. Write that down and ask the smart investor pro about it. Click smart investor pro at ramseysolutions.com. And you want to ask them about a low turnover mutual fund. That's a low taxed environment type mutual fund when you're not inside of a retirement account that's good to look at. You've been gazelle intense. You've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed. And now you're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 40% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888 I was being interviewed on another podcast this morning, and the guy asked me, Jade, he said, um, so what has changed over 30 years? And I said, well, everything's changed over 30 years. The <laughs> principles that we teach have not changed at all, but the there are new and uh, improved ways to do stupid Absolutely. that comes out every year. And, uh, to, 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 you know, and sometimes they rename old things and, uh, try to make them sound like they're new and stupid. Uh, but they're still 
violating basic principles. So let me give you the basic principle. The basic principle is the shortest distance between where you are and wealth is your greatest wealth building tool, which is your income. When you pledge your income to someone else in the form of debt, you slow down your ability to build wealth and you add risk and anxiety to your life. It's a very simple equation. Zero debt leads you faster into wealth than anything else you can do with money. The number of millionaires, when we did the largest study of millionaires ever done in North America that said they borrowed their way into wealth was precisely zero. The number of them that said that their airline miles on their card made them a millionaire was precisely zero. The number of them that said, but I became a millionaire because I leased a car was precisely zero. The number of them that said they became a millionaire because they took out a whole life insurance policy was precisely zero. The vast majority of them had avoided debt completely or like the plague, and it kept their incomes freed up and caused them to be able to invest. I don't have any money for my 401k. No, but you have a $750 car payment, idiot. (laughs) No wonder you don't have any money for your 401k. $1,300 car payment. That's right. Or here, let's bring back an oldie but a goodie. (laughs) Now, because everybody's doing it again. You know, if you if those clothes, if you keep them long enough, they'll come back in style. And the same is true with stupid. So the home equity loan is back. Yes. Home equity line of credit. The HELOC. The home equity line of credit. And uh, Lifehacker says, I used one when I got in trouble. So you should, everyone should have one in this stupid butt article. I remembered <laughs> we'd taken out a home equity line of credit when we bought the house and it saved our butts. Oh, really? Oh, really? His whole house is leveraged on this money. Yeah. So, you know, do you know what a home equity line of credit is? Explain it for him, Dave. It's debt. It's a second mortgage. And you know what they base the interest rate on? Your credit? Nope. Mm. Whatever they feel like when they wake up that morning. Because it's variable. It's completely variable and it is not indexed to any outside thing. So Mr. Wow. Banker says today... I think I'm going to charge Joe and Susie stupid money. So you mean to tell me in 2021 when I saw everybody in my neighborhood redo their yard, redo their kitchen, redo everything, and I'm going, where is this money coming from? It's because they took advantage of their home equity. They leveraged. That's the word I like, Dave. They leveraged. Well, I, I'm, I'm sophisticated because my, my <laughs> equity otherwise was not working for me. And now I have new bushes. <laughs> At what cost? Yeah, that's that's what the you know, and th- that's what the banking ads sound like, don't they? I mean, if you listen, yeah. to, if you listen to SoFi, oh yeah, it's, oh, it's just smart make me money, SoFi smart money puke. moves. I'm just gonna SoFi throw up right here. <laughs> oh my god, man! I t- Dave, I told you this before the break. It's a good thing because I did so much stupid stuff before I got a hold of of the principles here. If I had known about a HELOC, (laughs) thank God I didn't know about this because I would have just added it to the list of dumb stuff right next to co-signing a loan. I would have put HELOC. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of idiot financial planners and people like Lifehacker who will tell you to get a home equity loan in case there's an emergency. Now, let's follow this line of, in air quotes, logic, Okay. So you lose your job or you have another financial calamity of some kind. 
So the home equity line is there to help you. You can go draw on it and you have money. So at the moment that I've lost my job or had a financial calamity is precisely the moment that I want to go deeper into debt. This is the line of thought. That's a head scratcher. Yeah. So I, you know, I've had financial planners talk about this for years and I've had to just rip their rip them to shreds because it's just so freaking stupid. Not all of them do this, but I mean, some of them will say open a home equity line of credit. Don't use it and use the fact that you can go tap into it if you need to as your emergency fund. And, so, and I always oh. tell them, so what I want, what do I want to do when there's an emergency, what I want to do is add to the anxiety and the stress by going deeper into debt. Right. You're turning it dumber than a rock. Oh my God. It turns the emergency into a crisis, into a crisis, because now you got whatever it is that you're having to deal with and you have to pay off the debt and it's at a variable rate of interest. So her, her point was, is that they had a uh, they had a uh, damage, storm damage, and they were able to use their home equity loan to fix it because apparently you don't know how to work with your insurance company, because if you have storm damage and your roof's leaking, your insurance company will show up, and start writing checks in about 36 minutes. Yeah. Uh, if you actually know how to talk to them instead they didn't show up for you you know why because you didn't need them because you went into debt yeah there's a lot underneath the surface here on this article and let me tell you what else happens every time you do this crap right here okay house gets torn up Mm -hmm. we use debt to fix the house Mm -hmm. and we're going to pay off the debt when the emergency when the insurance check comes you know what you always do a hundred percent of the time people well, 98% of the time, people will do more repairs to the house because while we're at it, we're going to yes. go ahead and renovate, then the insurance check will cover. So when the insurance check comes, it's not enough to cover because we, while we were at it, we did some other stuff. Yeah. And that's Human what I'm freaking nature. That's okay? what I love in this article. He says the HELOC allowed us to get started immediately as with if, the repairs. As if insurance won't show up when the roof gets blown off your house. Yeah. I mean, really, if you have an insurance company on homeowners that will not show up and give you help immediately when there's storm damage, you have other issues that a HELOC won't fix. You know, I wonder what would happen if you just saved up for emergencies. Oh, wait. You had money. If you just saved up. Oh, there's an idea. I wish I'd have thought of that. And you had the amount. We should we should <laughs> do a radio show about that. <laughs> That's awesome idea. And in your three to six months, you had the amount of your homeowner's insurance deductible. And you didn't have any payments. Oh. And so while you're at work, you're making money without any payments and you have an emergency fund. And then when you have a crisis, you have this thing called money. That's a great idea, Jade. And you just go, what is it? That sucks. All right. Write a check. Yeah. That's all yeah. you do, Dave. Emergency fund turns a crisis into an inconvenience. And a home equity loan turns a crisis into an opportunity to be crisis squared. Mm-hmm. Double up, triple up, exponentially worse. So here's the here's you're not sophisticated if you used a home equity loan to cover your problems in life. You're broke, mm-hmm. and there's nothing sophisticated about being broke. It's just dumb. Okay, just dumb. Now I've been dumb and I've been broke. So stop being dumb. Stop being broke. We're going to walk you through this, and and you don't use. Well, I I'm I'm you know I'm u- utilizing the equity in my home that otherwise would not be working for me. You're an idiot, okay? When you say stuff like that, you're just an idiot because you are you're truncating your most powerful wealth building tool. You're slowing your wealth building down because you 
didn't have any money to cover emergencies. So everyone should have an emergency fund after they're out of debt, except their home, baby step three of three to six months of expenses. We've been saying that for 30, we've been saying that longer than home equity loans have been in existence. (laughs) They were not even in existence when we started this radio show 30 years ago. They didn't make them. And now, wow. now we have a HELOC because we're a HELOC. Sounds, it sounds so. Sounds <laughs> well, you're like, locked like in. I'm a financial person of a HELOC. You get a HELOC, you get locked into debt. Yeah. That's about it. You know what? I I think somebody ought to complain. Why didn't they call it a SHELOC? <laughs> Dave, don't go there. Yeah, I think, don't I, go I, think there. I just got canceled somewhere <laughs> in the universe. This is the Ramsey Show. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Stuart is in Atlanta. Hey, Stuart, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, So just wanted to get your thoughts on where my wife and I are at. We are 32 years old. Um, Our income is roughly $185,000 a year. And we are currently on baby step six. And my question is more around um, what we should do um, over the next couple of years. So we are almost we are almost ready to pay off our our house. And over the next couple of years, we are going to want to um, you know to move to a probably a bigger house. But my question is more so around contentment because I know that once we pay off our our house we you know we won't have any other payments and so my question i guess revolves around should we take the next three or so years and save up a really big down payment to get the house that we would live in you know forever i guess you could say um or should we um not do that and instead just stay where we're at in the current house that we're in um and just use the money that we'll have every month, you know, to invest more, et cetera. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can get at this. Um, first, let's just dispel the idea that there is such a thing as a forever house. I'm 63. I've had four forever houses so far. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking they're forever and then they're not. Um, Sharon and I are planning to build another house right now. And she says, well, this, I'm going to build this cause I'll probably die in this. I said, nah, not a chance. <laughs> no, and, and unless you die quick i mean it's just because we're, we're not gonna i mean we we're just we're 10 12 years 13 years and we move on the next one i mean so uh maybe maybe not but so all of that's aside you got a really good question you put yourself in a wonderful position congratulations you make a lot of money uh you're debt free you're being very wise you're thinking about things which makes you also wise most people just do crap and then wonder how to clean it up <laughs> and you're just doing really really good Stuart. so this is more of a discussion of smart or smarter okay it's there's no sure. dumb in this discussion okay so just just way to go dude way to go so if you live there and you you're going to pay off the is it paid off now or it's almost paid off it's almost paid off. We should be making our final payment this month. Oh, oh wow. way to go. And what's that house worth? Um, probably around 220 225 Way to go. Good for you. Okay. And then you're going to want to move up sometime in the next few years to a house that is worth maybe what? Uh, we, were, we were thinking probably around 500 Okay, so double. Okay, so you need, you need 300 grand. 
and you make 180, right? Yep. Okay. So I just do big math in my head is the way I do it if I'm looking at this stuff to start to see how I can emotionally swallow this or not. Okay. Is it going to take me 10 years or is it going to take me 20 minutes? You know, that's what I'm always looking at. And so um, in your case, if I did 100 a year for three years, you're there, right? And you live on 80. Right. You live on 80. So that's one kind of contentment. Um, another kind of contentment is you live in the current home you're in for the rest of your life. A lot of people do that. Um, another kind of contentment would be to go ahead and sell your house now, buy the $500,000, $550,000 house, put the uh, whole equity from your current home into it, and then turn around and pay it off in three or four years with your great income. None of these are in the dumb column. Now, I, oh, I will tell you this. If you pay off your home, the way you've been intentional about this, the words you're using, how dialed in you are to the Ramsey stuff, and you sit there in a paid-for home till Christmas, I will tell you at, from personal experience, it's going to be very hard to take on a payment again and swallow it and get that down your throat. Yep. Yeah. That's what we've thought about, too. It's up to you. I'm just saying it really tastes especially bad the second time. <laughs> yeah. It's like getting to swallow your food the second time. No, ugh, it's gross, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's just hard. Uh, you know, again, it, is anybody who can put down enough money and pay off their home in three years stupid? No. no you're not even close. I mean, you're just in great shape. So any of these are fine, or you can kind of meet in the middle, Sharon. And I, we don't borrow money, so we would have to wait and save it up, Sharon and I. But we don't yell at people on the Ramsey show for taking out more than a 15-year mortgage where the payment's no more than a 15 or a fourth of your take-home pay. And you're nowhere even near that side of the equation. So you could actually land in the middle and say, okay, we're going to live here one year and put another 100000 in the bank, and then we're going to do it. And so, and then we're going to pay it off in two years. Or we're going to live here two more years and put 200000 in the bank and pay it off in one year. To be honest with you, Dave, I... I- you know, that third option that you gave, you said, regardless, Stuart, whether you save up for three years or it's such a small period of time, too, because I'm the type three years. I'm like, oh, if we're going to pay it off in three years anyway, I'd rather live in it while we're paying it off. But these are the these are great problems to solve, because like Dave said, there there's no stupidity here. It's just it's just options. And if you, if you make that final home payment and you're like, I like this, I will never go back into debt again, then wait it out. But for those people listening, I do think it's important to hear that you pay off you pay off one home. You're not a bad person if you go back and get a small mortgage again to now, move up in house. What I will tell you is this. Don't start looking at $550,000 houses after you've looked at $750,000 houses. That's a good point. That won't work. So just don't even go over there. Don't even go over there. Because you can actually pull that off too. But you gave me these guidelines. That's and I'm a good gonna, point. I would hold you to those in the name of contentment because I didn't give you the number. You gave yourself the number. So stick to it because yeah. I got to tell you, you you look at a million-dollar house, they're great until you look at a two million. <laughs> and it just changes. The line keeps like, moving, doesn't it? It, it? it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you know you, you know what's nicer than a $50,000 car? A $100,000 <laughs> car. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's just, but don't go drive one unless you're going to be buying one. Yeah. So, yeah, stay, stay out of that neighborhood. Don't go to open houses. I just want to see what the color. No, <laughs> no. Don't play yourself. No, no, no. I want to feel like, no, you don't. Stay out away from there. Hey, Stuart, you're doing good, man. Congratulations. Tom's in Peoria, Illinois. Hey, Tom, what's up? 
Hey, Dave, long-time follower, uh, first-time caller here for you. Thanks. Uh, really, appreciate you guys, uh, really appreciate you taking the call here. Uh, just want to get your idea here for me. Uh, I'm kind of in a unique situation. I am 56 years old. My wife is 52 years old. Uh, we live, we are completely debt free. Uh, our house is paid for, uh, following your steps early on in life here, starting in my thirties, our, our first home, we took out a small mortgage for, it was a, I shouldn't say small, it was a 15 year loan. Uh, we paid it off in five. Uh, we saved up for approximately five more years living at that home comfortably until we started having children. Okay. What's your uh, question for a run out of time? Uh, just want to know, uh, I'm a big car guy and I have, uh, quite a few collector cars here and I just want to know what you thought as collector cars as an asset for later on in life to cashing in on value as, I don't know if you follow the cat, the, the collector car market at all. I just want to yeah, know what you thought. I've, I've got a 1970 frame up restro or 1960 frame up restro, uh, Corvette. So yeah, I got one. Oh, in my garage. Very nice. Got one in my very garage. Nice. So, uh, the, uh, I was born in 1960, so I wanted a 1960. So yeah, I'm in. I'm in. The, I'm in the business. Uh, the thing about collectibles is uh, they're so dependent. It's such an, a weird market. It's such an imperfect market. It's an unpredictable market, um, and uh, it's more dependent on your expertise than it is actually the market as to how much money you end up making on one. They're an asset for yeah. sure, and they do increase in value if you did a decent one for sure. That car is probably yeah. going up some in value since I bought it. Uh, but but uh, I don't. I tell people of collectibles of any kind, fine art wine collection i've got a gun collection uh you know they're all assets because i got money tied up in them but uh they shouldn't be more than 10 percent of your net worth because then you're betting the farm so to speak on that category and so it's okay and you can make a little money on it and it's a great hobby that goes up in value that's fun and you got the margin because you got the money i would do it but just limit it limit the value to about 10 percent of your net worth or somewhere around there and you'll be okay that puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.